0: Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you're new to my tribe, I'd love to give you my free gift, the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com so sensitivesoulguide.com all one word, you can get a free PDF and uh, we hope that you join our community as well, which is the light medicine community and we'll share with you how to do all of that once you get your free gift. Now today I'm super excited because I have with me here Dr. Kevin Kranitsky and he was actually a family medicine doctor and his book The Still Point was gifted to me just kind of showed up, <laughs> you know, on my doorstep one day, and I'm like, "Huh, wonder who gave this to me." I think it was the publishers, but they're very smart because this is exactly what I've been talking about and sharing for quite some time in my own Doctor Karen Can way. And I love when I read other things that really resonate and say it differently, a complimentary. Uh, to what I'm saying. And what I really love about uh, Dr. Kevin's book here, The Still Point, is that um, it's in the kind of a Q and a format, and that makes it really highly accessible. And so many of the quote-unquote questions that are in here were questions that I had or have, and uh, the answers I thought were profound. And in fact, I, I didn't tell, uh, you know, Dr. Kevin this before we went um, And recorded this show, but uh, there were times where I was like, "Okay, let's see what this guy's really made of. Let's see some of these questions. Okay, let's see if he goes into judgment." (laughs) And you know what? He didn't. (laughs) I was like, "Wow, he's the real deal." So I got to get him on the show. So uh, let me read you a little bit about uh, what we're going to be talking about today, and uh, uh, Dr. Kornetsky's bio. So we're going to be talking about recognizing and living as our true nature. So we're going to be discussing the book, The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. Most people are living lives with varying degrees of stress or unease. Sometimes it's little, but sometimes it can be really big, depending on what's going on in the outside world for many people. And then um, Dr. Kevin you know, saying, wow, even though all these symptoms are due to seemingly other things there is one false underlying belief namely that we are separate isolated individuals unconnected to others or the world around us so in the book he leads us directly back to the recognition of our true nature and that is uh, of being shared with all sentient creatures creatures and its inherent qualities of peace happiness and self and so the, the teaching has been called perennial philosophy because it's the core message of all great spiritual traditions throughout the ages, and unfortunately, well, the way it is right now is that the, the realization has been overlooked by society as a whole, and that has led to, as many of us sensitive souls know and are here to help heal the planet, um, it has led to, you know, war and, and famine and dis-ease, um, and really not the kind of thing that we grew up wanting, right, the joy that peace, the harmony. And so many of us in this sensitive soul uh, tribe are so, so wanting to create that world, that ideal future reality where we are all at peace. I believe it's possible uh, in, in the you know, the, the in the bones of my body I, I know that it's possible and I know it's possible in my lifetime I don't know how I know that but I just feel it so I think that this book is really important uh, for us to again have some um, some feedback some sense of where you know people go oh, I want enlightenment I gotta do all this meditation I got oh, time. well guess what You don't have to do it that way. So so Dr. Koniski has been a medical doctor like myself, uh, also a professional rock musician, a business executive, and despite leading a life deemed outwardly successful, uh, he lived with a deep background of anxiety, fear, and stress that waxed and waned since early childhood and at the age of 40, in the midst of decades of suppressing tremendous inner and outer conflict, I don't know what that's like totally know what that's like. Um, He reasoned there must be another way. So his willingness led to a decade of studying non-duality by the way of A Course in Miracles. Later at the height of a successful business career, he turned away into relative isolation and soon found the direct path to the recognition of our true nature. One day in meditation, a thought came that a book called The Still Point would be written. So five years later, here it is. Dr. Kranitsky, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Hey dr. Karen. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me
0: oh yeah my pleasure my pleasure so uh so Kevin, I think your uh the background's kind of interesting uh medical doctor, rock musician like how does that lead to studying a course in miracles?
1: yeah <laughs> suffering is really you know suffering ah. is the word and um as I kind of mentioned uh and you kind of read about there i you know, a lot of things on the – I was I was just really chugging along and, and doing what we all do uh, to try to find happiness. And, and we do what the world tells us to do. You know, we try to obtain great jobs, great uh, romantic partnerships, um, you know, money, position, and all of that. And um, I was doing that. And, you know, according to the eyes of the world, it was going really well. But mm. it wasn't going so well for me. You know, I was uh, I was anxious, anxious. Um, since I was a little kid, off and on and sometimes very very severely you know i uh, I probably uh, i think right after medical school started taking an anxiety medicine, which I was on for you know twenty five or twenty six years or wow. something along wow. those lines yeah and and you know conflicts within relationships um, and whatnot so it, it was just an exhaustion. It was a complete failure, really, you know, and, and this uh, great paradox of uh, looking out and seeing how everybody would say, wow, you're doing great, and you know, not <laughs> feeling that way at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, as things often happen, of course, miracles, you know, kind of showed up, and that was really the first very, very, very deep foray in, into this, and then it led to some of the other things I talked about. Mm.
0: Well, and just to clarify, thank you for saying all that. Um, just to clarify for our listeners as well, the still point is not a regurgitation of the A Course in Miracles at all. At least in in you know my perception of it. And it, honestly, uh, Kevin, I did not finish reading A Course in Miracles. I mean, there were some parts that totally didn't resonate with me. Maybe it was the languaging. You know, it felt yeah. kind of religious uh, in some aspects, and I was healing. Uh, some past religious programming. So I think some of that just, just didn't resonate with me at the time. So I'm really glad for your book uh, because then I can come full circle <laughs> with some yeah. of that and understand it deeper. So tell me a bit about that uh, experience for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that that's very true. Of course, a Course in Miracles is, is a beautiful work. It's a spiritual work, beautiful work in non-duality, but it is, as you stated it is a work that's written in you know very much judeo-christian language and and you know it it's it it serves a tremendous purpose for those who kind of perhaps were really conditioned by religion you know and and need to unwind their mind from that a little bit um and that was very helpful for me and if you if it resonates for for folks they usually know it very quickly and they they should you know they should then do it and pursue it but if it doesn't it, you know it doesn't, and um, it did resonate for me, and I, I took it really uh, as far as I could take it. But it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't all coming together for me, um, and that's when I came upon this direct path. And the direct path is really what the still point is about, and this is um, really where we go directly to our true nature of aware being. We recognize that, and um, we we then we then go from there. So. Yes, it's, it's very different, um, very different in its approach and its writing than The Course in Miracles uh, is. The Course in Miracles deals with the ego mind, the mind that believes it's separate and beautifully, you know, begins to unwind that mind. Um, but the direct path, uh, it, it goes directly towards our true unchanging nature and, and moves from there. So, yeah, that's kind of the distinction between them.
0: Mm, okay, yes, thank you for explaining that. Now, before we get to the how, piece, because I know people are anxiously awaiting this piece, I want to give a little bit of background and um, color kind of our conversation and what people have experienced, what I've experienced in the past, uh, things that have worked and that hasn't worked, but definitely things that haven't worked. Let's talk about that first. So talk to us about religion. So religion, where is where is it failing us? Where is it helpful? And why is it that so many there? Was, when I first came to the small town in the U.S., there I hadn't seen so many churches in my life. <laughs> There's like churches Perfect. everywhere, but yet you know it's like people are still struggling. Uh, and yeah. uh, why why is that? And and you know what benefits are there to religion versus something else?
1: Yeah, I mean. You know, re- religion as it is currently practiced is directly in duality. In other words, um, mm-hmm. you know, many of the approaches are in religion are having you appeal to a power, a god, uh, you know, a god, a lord, whatever, whatever it is that that's outside of you, and and essentially, um, you know, appealing to to that god for peace. For happiness, whereas the, the reality is that we, you know, and and this is the perennial philosophy, is that, you know, we have to go within. We have to find the the core of our of our own of our own being. Um, so that you know that simple uh, that simple difference is is very very significant for uh, for many of us, and and that's that's predominantly why. Religion being really firmly rooted in duality isn't able to take us to our to our true nature and that 's the only place that we can ever find the peace and the happiness that we're that we 're all craving yeah. it's 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 true that the grace you know that impetus that we have to um to be devotional and and to and to worship it comes it all comes from from the same place it all comes from our our aware being it's you know a pull of ourselves back to ourselves but at some point we have to, um, at some point, we have to take this kind of inward path, where we stop relying on uh, an external figure or or being, uh, and we begin to go uh, to go within. And and truly, as you know, as as even in in the Bible, as as Jesus said, you know, the the kingdom of uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is within. Um, and these are very very powerful and, and and true words. So that's kind of the the, the major difference, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Beautifully said. The uh, duality piece. Um, can you just for people that are pretty new to this uh, idea, uh, what's the difference between duality, polarity, and unity consciousness or thinking, if you will?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know most most humans, um, most people uh, on on this planet, most people believe and feel that they are separate isolated beings, they're separate isolated individuals, that there's a them that's inside, you know, and their thoughts and feelings are uh, are their thoughts and feelings inside. And there's some border, you know, the, the body is kind of the border, the border of the skin. And then outside of this, we have the world, which is which is other, and um, which is, is not us, and it leads immediately to um, fear. It leads, it leads immediately to to guilt. Uh, this idea of of being separate in a world that um, is very foreign, you know, very foreign to us. Uh, this is kind of the dualistic perspective, and it's the perspective you can also call it the materialist perspective. Um, if if people aren't as much into you know the religious or the, or the spiritual kind of language, it's the materialist perspective in that our consciousness is produced by the brain, you know, and um, when the body and the brain dies, that consciousness dies. Whereas Mm -hmm. non-duality is this recognition that consciousness or being is whole. It's it's shared, meaning that my being and your being are the same. You know, the being that looks out of our eyes, so to speak, uh, or any other sentient, um, creature's eyes is the same being. It's whole and it's complete, and the body is simply a vehicle. It's a it's a vehicle within that consciousness, uh, as our, as is all experience, all thoughts, all feelings, all sensations. So this um, this recognition relieves that fear and that guilt of, uh, of of separation. It takes away two the two you know primal fears uh, of man that we can really we can really take any, uh, any, any fear that we have and take it back to either the fear of extinction or death or the uh-huh. fear of lack. And when we see that our being um, is whole and complete, it, it, it was not created, it doesn't come and doesn't go, the, it, the fear of death uh, is eliminated. And again, because it's whole and complete, uh, that fear of lack is is eliminated eliminated as well, and and as a result of that, you know we're we're able to um, we're able to live freely freely within that within that rela- realization.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. And, and one of the things I really uh, resonated with in the book was uh, the thought about how do we heal this world. Now a lot of people have that want, and in fact, despite the Um, polarity, uh, the the left versus right, the blue-red, blah, 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 you know, white hat, black hat, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We all want the same thing in general, with very few exceptions, is we all want to be able to love, to to live, to be free, to enjoy our lives. Um, So it doesn't really matter what our other beliefs are, whether we're Judeo-Christian or Muslim or whatever. So... A lot of folks now uh, are saying, well, you know, there are these evil people, you know, in the world. Yeah. And we need to get rid of the evil people so that we can be free. So this is like the freedom fighting movement. Um, and right yeah. now, at, at, currently, in, in where I am in consciousness, um, uh, when I hear the word fight, I'm going to fight for you. Yeah. I'm going to fight for freedom. I kind of cringe, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like not there. I was, though. I was. Kevin, I was totally like, you know, even some of the past words we use, like the battle of good and evil, right? Yeah. Or the battle within yeah. ourselves. So tell us about how can we create a harmonious, joyful world and not necessarily fight against uh, what we consider so-called evil or bad or, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. No, I, I see it as well. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm attuned to the to the movement that's happening in the world, and, and now we have this idea of displacing, trying to displace the problem from the from us, and the only place it can be solved is um, within us individually. Uh, you know, to to displacing it on outside people, and we blame it on, you know, this group, that group, the elites. You know, so it, it, all all, the, all these things, and you know, these are just. Uh, incredibly tricky mechanisms of the ego mind that is continually trying to say either suppress the problem or displace it on somebody else, project it onto someone else, or, you know, whether it's a being, another a group, person, situations, we can solve, we, the only thing that we can solve, the only thing that we can, uh, we can do is to fix our problems ourselves individually. We can recognize the truth that we are and that in and of itself because when you recognize the truth in yourself as the being of everyone you do in fact free the world you free the constrictive idea of duality and of separation and that in and of itself is the greatest gift that you can you can give to the world it doesn't mean that actions won't flow from that it doesn't mean that you know you won't you won't you know you, things will not, Happen after that? Of, of course they will. But when we lead with the idea of trying to change the world without changing our own minds, which is uh, the only thing we actually can do, then we will we will forever be frustrated. It, it is impossible, you know, to 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 do that. Um, there was uh, a great uh, a great quote by one of the kind of great spiritual sages that a lot of people know, Ramana Maharshi, from you know uh, the, the the last or early part of last century, where. You know, when he talks about changing the world, he, he talks about it like trying to put a, um, a, a carpet of leather all around the world to prevent you from walking on, you know, rocks and stones. When he says all you have to do is put shoes on your own feet, you know, so don't try to change the world, change yourself, change the way you view and, you, feel, you know, change your, uh, your approach to the world by recognizing your unity because that unity is the unity of all. And I say it in the book a lot. It's a revolution of one. Um, and, and that's mm. really all. The only one we can be responsible for is ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I totally <laughs> resonate with that. And what makes me think of the whole debate now, which I'm actually happy to see online, um, the germ theory versus the train theory, right? So in medical school, we were taught, hey, these microbes cause disease, and you've got to kill them yeah. with antibiotics, and so the, that's the germ theory. Um, thanks to Louis Pasteur and whoever else was funding him. And this, <laughs> the second yeah. piece is the terrain theory. So in other words, disease does not happen in someone whose terrain, whose, whose foundations are strong. Uh, you can, you know, try to, you know, give them an, a, a disease, but they, they, it doesn't catch very, very easily. So you, it's sort of like what you're saying is that. If each of us, because some people will look and say, Kevin, I don't know, there's like billions of people on the planet. How can I make a difference, right? But I'm thinking if each of us are considered like a cell in the huge body of humanity, each cell reverts to its most pristine, optimal, functioning, healthy state, then eventually that terrain will become healthier and healthier and healthier. And instead of trying to kill the germ with bad guys, it will naturally just displaced from our
1: reality right, right. yeah I, I think that you know to to, to take the the the, um, the reality that all we can do it's a revolution of one all we can do is change our own minds and recognize our being as the as the un- unified being of all when when we do that, in a sense when when enough uh, when enough beings do that then it 's inevitable that the outside will it 's inevitable the outside will change it, it's, uh, it, it is inevitable but the 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 real, the real reality of it is that at that point, if you have gotten to the point where you are accepting what is, you are saying yes mm-hmm. to what is, then that no longer becomes a concern it it isn't a, it isn't a concern because you recognize that your only job is to accept the experience that you're having and expect it, accept it completely without resisting it without pushing away otherwise you're 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 right back into um you're you're right back into uh you know uh, unhappiness and and you're not you're not at peace if you're in resistance to what is so yeah
0: Yes, and that was one of my favorite parts on page thirty two. Suffering is resistance to whatever one is experiencing in the moment. There can't be suffering without resistance. So, um I love that line. It's just so well said because every day we can be in resistance to some degree and we have that opportunity to release that resistance, to just be able to quote unquote love whatever's happening to us, even if we just stopped our toe and hurts. <laughs> um That's right. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Every day we get to, to do the, have the opportunity to, to do this work. Um, and a one person can make a big difference. So, at least in my experience,
1: I'm sure you've felt very similarly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we, you know, we, we recognize our true nature. And when we recognize our true nature, we recognize it as the true nature of all. And it releases it releases, um, it releases all. It releases, it releases every mind, if you will, in, in that regard. And, you know, from that point forward, it, it's what, where, that, where that leads is this, this recognition or this realignment of the way you live, the way you think, the way you feel, um, the way you act and interact with, with others uh, in accordance with this, you know, and that's a process. That is ongoing. That's on that that you know. I don't think has an end, and it, it goes on after this after this recognition. Um, but mm. you know, it, it is fundamentally different because it it, is, it takes place within the peace and the happiness of uh, uh, you know of your of your true nature. It's no longer that journey to peace. It's that journey in peace. Um, mm. in, in peace after that.
0: Oh, yes, yes, I love that. And and what I've noticed, too, is there are really, going back to, you know, the whole fight thing for a moment, um, there is definitely a, a lot of positive movements out there that are trying to make a difference. Uh, some of them, you know, are using the fight energy, which is less than optimal in terms of, you know, results. Uh, but others are taking action. Uh, whether that be, you know, dismantling old systems or creating new ones and things like that. And my sense is that if if consciousness or, you know, connecting to our true nature is not at the foundation of those actions, then those actions may manifest some struggles or some difficulty. Um, what's your thoughts on, on yeah. that? The action yeah, beautiful. The
1: consciousness? Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. No, you know, that one of the great quotes um, ever was this quote, by uh, the Christian mythic, St. Augustine, I think the, in the third century, where um, he said, love and do what you will. And that, that is saying love, meaning know yourself, recognize your being as the plenary reality and the reality of all, and that we are not separate, that our aware being is the very same. And from that recognition, from that understanding, then let action flow uh, mm. then the actions that flow from that will be in alignment with that and they will be beneficial to the entire ecosystem and not a separate isolated individual so yeah i, I think that's that's beautiful dr Taren. Mm.
0: yeah thank you thank you so uh how does one become enlightened if you will or or come to our true nature because people are like okay this is great, Doctor Kevin. But what's the how? How do I get there? Yes. <laughs> how do I work on myself? Yeah, job? I mean,
1: <laughs> right. And 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 I think that you know, um, the you, we can't become what we already are. What we already always are. Our mm-hmm. our being, our aware being, is always, always, always present. We are always present. We are always aware. And if we go through. Um, if we go through our experience, we, we can note that. I mean, there are, there are times when um, the mind will, you know, will throw, up, uh, will throw up things like, well, deep sleep, I'm not aware in deep sleep. Well, there, there's nothing to be aware of, but you're aware of yourself. Because when you wake up in the morning and somebody said, how did you sleep? Well, oh, if you slept deeply, you say, great, I, I slept great. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> so we do know it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. Um, mm. and And the the practice, which is really the I think the reason the still point was was written, the practice is really at that very core uh, initial recognition of just saying, "Look, we have been conditioned to continually look for ourselves and for the answers in experience, mm. in thoughts in, in doing in, in emotions and feeling and all of this. when we need to go prior. To, uh, to all experience, we need to go prior to the mind and recognize that aspect of ourselves that is aware of thoughts, aware of, of um, feelings, aware of sensations, aware of all of that. And this simple practice of sitting and asking the question, am I aware? When you ask that question, it bypasses the mind. And we recognize that we're aware. We recognize that awareness. We don't recognize that intellectually. We recognize that in the same way that if you, you know, stepped on your dog's paw, the, the dog would yelp. It's, it's, an, it's a known recognition that we are, we are aware. And from that point, we then begin to give that aspect more and more of our uh, attention. We, 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 we release our attention from everything that comes and goes, all of the experience of our lives, and we rest and abide as that awareness. And over time, that awareness moves more into the forefront of our experience, if you will, than being in the background of our experience. And our identity. Yeah. So, so this um, the, the first thing that has to be said about enlightenment or or liberation or or self recognition is that it, um, it, it isn't an experience, and we are uh, continually focused on our experience. In other words, we've been conditioned to give all of our intention all of our attention to our thoughts and our feelings and, and what we see and, and hear and feel and um, and the way that we conceptualize it all with thoughts. So the, the trick, if you will, is to simply relax into the recognition of that aspect of our experience that knows all that comes and goes. And, and the way in, in the book that, um, and I think it's kind of the main purpose of the book, is really to just... get get people to simply ask themselves, am I aware? And when they ask themselves that question, it bypasses the mind. This is the essence of the direct path. It bypasses the mind, and they recognize, they go to, if you will, that recognition of their self-aware being. And when we do that, this is not something that we recognize uh, intellectually. It's not something that... We recognize through thought. It's recognized in the way that if you step on your dog's paw, your cat's tail, they'll, they'll yelp. It's known in that way. When we know that, when we recognize that, we can begin to give our attention to that as opposed to everything that comes and goes, which is all of our experience, our thoughts, our emotions are constantly coming and going. And in in time, we begin to shift our identity as we spend more and more time abiding as that simple sense of aware being that we are. We recognize this is what I've called I my entire life. When I when I say I I did this, I did this, I thought this, I, I went here, it, the I is this non-changing being, this felt sense of I am. And over time the identity, identity begins to shift from the belief that we are this conditioned entity you know the personality and and all of the conditioning that that we've received and 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 the body you know the the, that the body is our actual identity as opposed to being an experience a vehicle within consciousness we recognize that that consciousness that awareness is what i am it's my actual being and with time with time as we as we abide there more and more we, we it's properties begin to reveal themselves to us meaning that it doesn't come and go it's it's you can call that eternal it, it, it isn't something that wasn't born it can't die meaning you what you are wasn't born what you are can't die it's full it's, it's complete it has no borders it's infinite in in that that regard um and that sense of lack then also begins to diminish with that and when those properties are clearly seen, this is what's been commonly called salvation or liberation or, or enlightenment. Um, and it's simply this um, initial withdrawal of focus, really, from all that comes and goes to that being, to our recognition of self and abiding there uh, more and more and then over and over again. That's, that's how it happens for most, most, most people.
0: Oh, that's neat. I, I noticed of recent that um, in the past, well, in the past, I, I just was not into meditation uh, because I think I was, I think I was supposed to go somewhere, <laughs> and um, so yeah. it frustrated me being so active in my mind and always creating in my mind. And so uh, for me, I had to go through the body and uh, just if I was fearful. One of my favorite stories, Kevin, is I, I was watching a scary movie and I couldn't sleep the first time I watched it. And then uh, I had right. to watch the sequel. <laughs> so, so when I watched the sequel, I thought, well, g- guess what? Meditation didn't work. Uh, you know, doing uh, toning didn't work. Doing progressive relaxation didn't work. Doing self-hypnosis didn't work. You know, nothing was yo- – yoga, nothing worked, right? And I just was like not sleeping for three days. So I thought, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to freaking be scared. I'm just going to be scared, right? So I, I was seeing the scenes in my mind that was making me scared. So then I thought I went into the body. And then all it seemed like a light switch went on all of a sudden. I felt my heart pounding out of my chest. I thought the bed was moving, it was so intense, all this energy coursing up and down my body and the, to the limbs. I felt like lightning was shooting out of my toes and fingers and I was so interested and in, oh, well, wow, that's interesting. I didn't notice this a minute ago, you know that I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so yeah. the fear got yeah. turned into, transmuted somehow, just being aware of that, like, I'm just being in it. So that's the start of my yeah. journey into what I call the stillness, is not worrying yeah. so much about trying to get somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it, just it, being... it, it, it's true. This, this is very, what you just described is very much this tantric uh, approach, which is I talk about in the book extensively, and, and that is this, the moment we stop turning away, from our uh, fear you know and we begin to decouple the sensations and the thoughts then mm. we have a great opportunity which is what you realize and that's mm-hmm. you know we when we, when fear arises uh, arises in us we, we there is a sensation and in in the body and it's a vibration within the field of awareness it can can certainly include the heart pounding as you mentioned and all these you know all these other kind of vibrate but it's it is just a vibration it is thought that comes in
0: and joins
1: itself to that sense that raw sensation and it creates this emotion that can turn into panic in the mind when we when we recognize that we can sit with the raw sensation alone and we can put the fear aside we, I'm, I'm sorry we can put the thoughts aside um we can sit with those sensations and give them great attention we can bring them so close we can bring them very very close and be very interested in them and we can we can get to the point where we can say yeah i can completely live with this this is this actual sensation without the thoughts on top of it um, Mm -hmm. there may be an intensity to it but it's neutral it's it's a neutral it's not it doesn't even raise itself to the level of of pain you know um of, of bodily pain and that acceptance of that is that initial uh, seed, that seed of acceptance is, um, uh, as you said, very often what happens is then the, uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, the Wizard of Oz, like you're pulling the curtain aside and you're really mm-hmm. seeing that there's nothing really that's scary here. Uh, the mind came in and, and tried to create this uh, this huge issue with uh, with adding soft to these sensations, but these are really just neutral sensations, and I can accept them and live with them and not resist them right now. And that's really opening to um, uh, to, to to the underlying piece, the underlying awareness that's uh, that that is behind any of those sensations. So yeah, it's a it's a a beautiful description.
0: Oh, and it was a very very liberating uh, indeed. Um, in fact, some some of my newer students, one. Uh, a couple of them, they're highly, highly you know, empathic and sensitive. Uh, where it's like, oh, I have all this buzzing and tingling in my body, and and I, you know, could feel like their mind was telling them that's bad. There's something wrong. Yeah. You need to fix it, right? right? And uh, yeah. so I jokingly said, well, you know, people pay a lot of money for drugs to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to break the that's tension a
0: little bit. Because um, we we take whatever's happening in the body and we take it. Personally, meaning that like we, we think it needs to get fixed or, you know, that the, that it's wrong and it's bad. In fact, when I ask people to feel things in their body and to share a description based on what the feeling is, um, we'll get people that say, oh, well, it's my depression. And I'm like, uh, well, that's actually not a description of the feeling. Or, exactly. you know, they'll say it's my hip, yep. you know, my, my, my hip arthritis. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's not it either. <laughs> right? So we're so exactly. conditioned to label it as something bad yeah. instead of that curiosity yeah. so it's kind of buzzing yeah you know? yeah so it's, it's it's very liberating um i feel so much more peace now than i ever did because i was really a worry wart as a kid i mean i just yeah. worried about everything and uh yeah. nowadays it's if i start to do that i just yeah just you know uh, that direct approach you talk about um, for me going through the body uh, maybe, you know, sideways, not quite direct, but close to the, you know, (laughs) I get there pretty quickly. Uh, It's super helpful. So the question is now, uh, Kevin, is that, okay, people are going to say, okay, Dr. Kevin, what about, you know, all these yogic traditions and Vipassana meditation and the, you know, Buddhist, you know, meditation and Qigong and, you know, all these other things? Are you saying they're useless? Are you saying we, don't, we shouldn't or do those things? Or you mean the, your, your way is better than those ways? So how would you answer that?
1: Meditation is what we are. Meditation isn't something we do. As you you stated, Dr. Karen, just when you were talking a, a little bit ago about I would try to sit and meditate, and there was a me trying to sit and do something, and it just it didn't work. And this is this is absolutely true because you know, there's a great teacher, oh, great teacher named name, uh, There was a great teacher of last um, last century named John Klein, who um, who said, you know, when you when you sit to meditate, when there is a you sitting to meditate, it's like putting a donkey in a stall, and you can't get out of that stall mm. because meditation is what you are. Meditation is your aware being. That the mm-hmm. highest meditation is simply sitting and being aware, recognizing that you are awareness, what you've called I your entire life, and being aware of being aware. Now, that is the highest meditation. Having said that, you know, it is any, any, anything that anyone is doing. I would never tell anyone uh, to not do what it is they're doing. If they came and asked me, um, I would point out this direct path because uh, it's, it's, um, to, to my mind, it's the easiest and the most simple and direct re- way to recognize what we are, but every mind is configured differently, you know, and, and every, mind, um, every mind is configured in a way that it, it, you know, it seeks the ocean, you know, the river is seeking the ocean. In whatever way that river is uh, kind of been engineered, and all our minds are like that, and they're different in, in in a in a little way, little little different way. So what I generally say is that you know it's just like we talked about with the Course in Miracles. There are there are some folks that that will resonate with, and there's others that that won't. But there are some that will resonate with that, and they will take that all the way. There's you know there's no there's no question about that. That has you know that has certainly happened. So it's more of just um, it's more of just I think the recognition that the time is right for this direct approach. It's uh, it's it's something that I think we as uh, a people right now, as a planet right now, um, are ready for and and something uh, and something that we need. So I'd never say something is is better or worse. I would say that this is something that um, has worked for me, and I, I see why. Uh, I see why this is an approach that I think can be beneficial to, to most. Not not all, certainly not all at this point, but, but, but most people who are very interested or, or driven that have that little willingness to say mm. there must be a better way. There must mm. be a better way.
0: I love that. And so just the simplicity of asking, am I aware? That's it? That's the
1: direct approach? If you ask yourself, am I aware? You could say, what, know, what is it that knows my experience? But if you ask yourself the simple question, so one closes their eyes and asks themselves the simple question, am I aware? You will say yes. But the reason you will say yes is because you actually recognize experientially that awareness. Ah. That is, incredib- that is incredibly powerful. It's, it's that, that glimpse, that recognition of what you've called I your entire life. And from that point, it needs to be uh, it, it needs to be watered, you know it, ne- it needs to be you need to abide as that over and over and over again and and the, and the mind that has recognized that experience that happiness and fulfillment can 't be found in outward circumstances will generally have the discipline to keep going back and abiding as that as that mm-hmm. if, if the mind doesn 't that 's fine it simply means that the mind hasn 't exhausted its search for. Um, peace and happiness, and the only place it can't be found in experience. But that is a search that has to be exhausted. You can, you can't go and tell anyone, you know, to to give to give that up. It, it's it, it that has to be something that everyone comes to of their own. They have to come to that conclusion on on their own. So, in a sense, the real trick is. You know what are the what what minds are have in a sense the maturity um, or the burnout if you will. <laughs> you know, from, <laughs> yes. Looking for experience, yeah. In in and in my case it was suffering, anxiety, whatever. You, you know you you however you uh, however it is for each individual, but yeah that's that's how simple it is. Um, and there's a very real reality that it's too simple for many for many minds because the minds are still fixated on. Experience And the belief that um, the ultimate answers lie in some great experience, some great culmination of experience or, or, or something external um, without the recognition that, that that can never be the case because everything that comes goes. Any experience, good or bad, that comes is, is going to go
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautifully said. And uh, I, I think that's really good counsel as well, because there's so many of us that, of course, want to make a difference. So we are, you know, trying to um, say, hey, uh, things like, for example, oh, guess what? You should really read this book, The Still Point. It's the best, right? To everyone yeah. whereas everyone's minds may not be at that place. If they're really comfortable where they are, you know, usually this is the case. If they're really comfortable where they are uh, it doesn't matter how many Things I suggest or things that I feel would be good for them like my family members I used to dictate to them what they should or shouldn't eat and yada yada yada. and they never they never took me seriously even though I was the one the MD right so I just gave up that and amazingly worked on myself and all of a sudden they started changing (laughs) uh I was like whoa how did that happen um and and so I I think that you know people will read your book and go oh my gosh I Auntie Janie needs this, or so and so needs this, but it's possible they will not receive it because they're not. Their mind is still kind of fixated into. They're not uncomfortable enough. Let's just say. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I I, I I agree. No, I mean I, that that really that really is it. Now you know the the one thing I I certainly know in my life, and I've read some. You know, you, you'll read something, and there there you'll you know I'll, I've come back to text maybe. Seven, eight years later, when uh, this recognition um, was clear or it was becoming clear, and those words meant something completely different. you know mm-hmm. it, it was like reading a different book, but there yes. was value I think in reading things the first time through and then uh, and then coming back to it you know years years later, um, because the mind was in a different place. the mind had exhausted perhaps uh, its hope that, I could find the answers I was looking for in experience. So that's exactly right, what you said. And I also think that, you know, you mentioned the, the, this idea of you work, you, you do the work, you, you are motivated to, to be peaceful and happy. You do the work on yourself. And there's, there's then, without any implicit teaching, just by being, by living, others and those around you will sense something different and they will gravitate to it. You know, they will be much more interested. At this point, it will have some sort of uh, greater meaning for them because we can't – this is not something that you can get up and give speeches about and proselytize and bring someone over to this, you know, point of view. But you can live it. You you can live it by being, you know, loving, peaceful, open, and recognizing that, you know, as you move through the world, uh, the doing that happens needs to be – uh, needs to include the entire ecosystem and and not mm-hmm. just a, a separate individual. That's very alluring to to people. You know, it's very alluring to 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 minds. And this is a way of teaching. This is you know this is a way that you know much teaching uh, you know gets done on this planet right now.
0: Right. Just just being. Um, and
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Just just being. Well. And 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 you know right now there's a lot of disillusionment going on among people and a lot of things being revealed that were hidden for gosh probably decades centuries <laughs> millennia and and none of you know not the least of which there are some pretty prominent uh let's just say spiritual gurus uh, come to find out, you know, they were part of, you know, human trafficking, or they were rapists, or, you know, like these people that have millions of followers that loved them, you know, um, yeah. and, and, and so people, you know, in that space are like, what? You know, and so th- there's that feeling of yeah. betrayal that could happen. Um, and what you're saying in the book is like, hey, you kind of like you are your own guru, right? <laughs> like, um, anytime we look outside and look outside for that advice, it's not to say that's a good coach or mentor, you know, that's all good. But at the end of the day, we still have to do our work, we have to be 100% fully responsible.
1: For yeah, there's, there's what one teacher. There's, what, there's one single guru. There's one single teacher. That's the still point. That's aware where being. That is mm. your being. And it is absolutely true that if you have the opportunity to hear, uh, hear the right words from someone who's established in that truth, it can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. And um, uh, it can be incredibly powerful, but it can be incredibly helpful. But the, the recognition is that you're only being pointed back to your very self. And, as mm-hmm. you abide in and as yourself, um, which has to be done anyway for this to be an experiential lived realization and understanding that 's the only answer because you know uh, spiritual teachers uh, any anyone can use beautiful words and anyone can you know can speak about the truth or or uh, touch the heartstrings and and, and, and what not but you know, are you living the understanding? Has it made are you happy and peaceful and content? And and has it made that uh, you know that difference in your life? At the end of the day, that's that's really all we should be uh, concerned about. Otherwise, we're we're just creating another philosophy and another set of words that aren't really going to solve um, aren't really going to solve the 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 problem of of separation and and all of sequelae that is is the fundamental issue with uh, with our planet at at, at this time. Yeah,
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions that come from the book, um, that I thought were very interesting. I really enjoyed the answers of it. And these are some of the questions that I hear as well, uh, that, that many people are interested in. So, uh, First question is about love. Where, where does love come in? We talked about the still point, and uh, you know uh, that question. Am I aware? But where does love come in? Because we hear that love cures all. Love is the most powerful frequency. It's the highest vibration. So how does this all like connect with love? And is it really that important?
1: Well, love is when when you um, when you have the experience of love with uh, another person or an animal or a pet it's because there's a recognition of self in the, in the other that's the experience of love it's, it's simply recognizing it is that felt uh, recognition of sameness in the other and that's what we call love um so mm-hmm. you can say that uh, love is the recognition of the still point of our our being our unified being in relation to um, in relation to others, uh, again, whether they be you know animals, humans, uh, when we do this, when we have this recognition recognition of um, the still point of our of our of our um, unified being in relation to objects of art, we call it or music, we call it beauty, and mm-hmm. when we have it in relation to thinking and to words. We call it truth. So truth, love and beauty are are really the um, uh, the the recognition of the recognition within objective experience of this uh, unity of being that that's the, uh, the easiest way to put it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, uh, love, love is so great. Um, you know, I love my grandchild, or I love my tribe, or, you know, I love this planet. Um, and at the same time, there are elements that are in our current experience in the outside world that we do not like. So how is it that we could love, and and is it mutually exclusive? For example, I can say truthfully that I love. You know, our president uh, in the United States, but I can't say I like him. Does that make sense?
1: Of course, it makes sense, and that's the reality with uh, with um, with it all being that you don't like everybody, but you that love a love that love ultimately is something that must be there for all other because there is the recognition of sameness. Liking is based on personalities. Liking is based on traits of the mind, of conditioning, of do, do we jive? Do we, you know, do we have the same, you know, uh, interests? And, and can we converse about the same things? It's completely different. We don't have to like everybody. We, we don't, and we don't like everybody. Um, but we do have to love them because love is Simply the recognition that beyond the conditioning, beyond all of the personality traits, beyond, uh, you know, the likes and dislikes and the judgments of the mind, the source of uh, the source of mind is, is, the, is the same. And we are all that. You know, what you call I is the same as what I call I. It's the same as if, you know, um, uh, you can speak to anyone on the planet. It's, it's the same I so um that's the that's the difference between between liking and um and loving
0: oh that's so so helpful um now this kind of goes into the next uh somewhat spicy question i mean it's not spicy for you, but spicy for many people because they're very very polarized on this topic so you know I have uh friends who are you know doing a carnivore diet uh, and has Needed that for their health, other people doing vegetarianism, veganism, uh, paleo I mean you name it right across the board, um, sometimes I like to joke I'm in the um, seafood diet, meaning I seafood and I eat it so <laughs> um, <laughs> however, I played in these other realms as well, and so I think especially uh, for my my beautiful vegan friends, um, they are like, well, we can't solve the violence in this world if we are still killing animals and eating them. So it like to- totally turns them off and totally get it. I empathize, absolutely. And at the same time as a medical doctor and holistic medical doctor, I've seen where people have uh, really needed to eat meat for their well-being and recovery of their hormones and different kinds of things. And um, so here it is that that left brain, you know, the data, you know, of the experience. Am I open to the possibility that we could be nonviolent to everything? Uh, yes, I'm, but I Clearly, I'm not Buddhist, so I'm not there yet and is is that something to aspire to like should we all eventually be vegan and and not be uh- you know harming animals including the mosquito who's biting and sucking blood out of us so what's your thoughts on that we, we
1: should we we should recognize that 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 the the root problem is is the problem of separation it's the problem of recognizing or believing that we are separate isolated individuals and if that problem isn't solved if we do not solve that root issue if we do not move away from the materialist perspective that is the currently the dominating thought system of this planet you can call the ego mind the materialist perspective the separation whatever you want to call it we won't we won't make much headway in, in 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 any any direction that's the root problem anything other than that is simply um, projecting the problem onto a solution that will 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 never be a, will never be a solution. Mm. It, it, it simply will it simply will never work. And um, you know, as I, I think I say in the book, because there there was you know questions you know asked about that, everything is the same substance. We, we you know, there is consciousness pure, and there is consciousness in in movement or motion, and any experience. Any object we have ever, ever been involved with, any sight, any sound, any thought, can all be reduced to the consciousness that knows it. As a result of that, everything we see, this is why it's non-duality. You know, uh, it's it's all simply the movement of consciousness. When we begin to make artificial distinctions, then we're into judgment. And judgment is in our function. I think I mentioned in the book that, you know, plants have sentience. Plants absolutely have sentience. They have a sentience, and they have a means of interacting with the world that is different than uh, than animals. But it's but it's there. It's absolutely there and present. So you know, it gets back to this you know this quote by Saint Augustine, where he says, "Love and do what you will." It, it can be. It can truly be. Um, it can truly be that love and eat what you will. First, recognize the <laughs> unity of all, and then. That will take that will take care of uh, of everything because what you do um, will be inclusive of uh, will be inclusive of all and of the bigger and the complete picture.
0: Oh yes, yes. So again, you're you're pointing out that when we say, well, you know, we shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that, then we're really on the surface, not really the main issue, you know, underneath. Yes. Yeah we're seeing exactly. things as separate. And, and so and in your book, you said it beautifully as well. It's like, well, where do you draw the line, right? Like you said, plants are sentient. So where do you draw the yeah. line? And, and, you know, it does, if someone who's, you know, feeling very good about being vegan, they're not killing animals, not eating them, seems really like, like very um, primal or whatever <laughs> uh, to them, it really turns them off. And at the same time might, I don't know, smack a bug on their body. Um,
1: yeah I mean I you know you mentioned that I, I live you know i live in in the tropics here it's the rainy season I'll go out for a run I'll come back with you know a, a thousand bugs dead on me. And you know, there's no intention. There's no intention in that of doing anything, you know, like that. But this is just the reality. Uh, this is the reality of, uh, you know, of 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 living. But the, the deep, the real issue is the issue of uh, the real issue is the issue of of separation. And if we recognize, um, if we recognize our true nature as the true nature of all, then. You know, the, from from that point, decisions decisions flow from that place of love and they're, and they're loving decisions. And, you know, this is not to say at all that there, there aren't practices out there that um, are not loving, whether they're to, to the animals of, of this, you know, of this planet or, or the environment. We, we know that all of that stems from the belief in separation. And if we don't cure the root issue, if we don't recognize and live from from uh, the uh, from alleviating the, the belief in, in separation, we won't get far. We'll you know we may solve one thing, uh, but like everything else, we'll find we'll find another problem, another another way to separate and to divide because we are uh, we are with the split mind. We're, you know we're we're mm. with the the ego mind. So it's 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 not it won't ultimately work.
0: Yeah, it sounds to me like, you know, the trigger for us to uh, kind of remember uh, that we are that one awareness is if we start to get into that's right, this is not right, or this is wrong, or this is bad, and then this is good, <laughs> I mean, it simplifies yeah. it, but I notice those some of those thoughts, you know, going through my mind, and then then I kind of pause, and I need to sometimes go, huh, is that really, is that, is that really true, Karen, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. judgment. Yeah, judgment function. That's that's what certainly a lot of the chorus and miracles, but it's absolutely true. We don't, we don't have the opportunity to see the entire movie or the picture of the entire movie. We get a little snapshot, a single scene, and then we want to go in and we want to say. You know what's right or what's wrong without being able to see any of the previous scenes or any of the you know the future scenes, and you know there, there's nothing ultimately that happens that's wrong or or that's you know or that's that's off. Um, but from the limited perspective of of uh, the the, the uh, unreal belief in being we're separate isolated beings, that's that's what we do. You know that's that's when that mind is in that. Uh, w- within that belief system, it, it 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 judges and it is constantly saying yes or no. It's you know trying to drop uh, mm-hmm. more pleasure to us and to push more more pain away. We were continually operating in in end gaining. We're continually operating in um, continual movement of the mind and and you know again att- attempting to attempting to ward off uh, pain and attempting to right. get more pleasure. And this is not. It's simply something that, you know, that, that will not work. You've got to jump off the wheel. You've got to recognize that you are that uh, which, um, which doesn't come and go and which, which knows or is the knower of all of the comings and, and, and goings. And until, until that point and until jumping off the wheel, there will always be uh, judgment and resistance to a lesser or greater degree. And then there will be, you know, uh, constant with that, there will be uh, suffering to a lesser or greater degree.
0: Mhm. Yeah, you made a lot of sense there. Very, very clear. Now, one of the other questions I loved your answer to on page 180 was, "What is addiction? Like, why why are there so many people addicted to sugar or caffeine or alcohol or stress or work or you know?" And I've certainly had many myself. So uh, mostly work, but <laughs> uh, what, what's that
1: about? Yeah, I mean, you know. Ultimately, it's it's we get a, it's it's we get a taste of the still point, and then we relentlessly chase it yeah. over and over in, in experience. You know, and um, someone uh, may have tried a substance, and that substance provided uh, them a felt sense of of peace, and you know, perhaps the um, the mind dissolved for uh, you know the first time someone used something, it dissolved for a period of time, and that. Uh, that that peace and contentment of our true nature was felt. So, a, a, as as opposed to recognizing that the reason for this was there was a period of being desireless, that you you were without um, desire, you mistakenly give the object the um, you mistakenly refer to the object as what uh, what you know what was the cause of that it, the object is never the cause it, the the it's desirelessness we feel when we obtain something and then when we continually go back to that object it, it doesn't deliver that again you know it, it it won't it won't deliver that same level um of 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 peace that it did because we're we're seeking in the in the wrong place it's the uh it's one of the it's one of the classic upside down problems of of this planet in that we don't teach you know we we'll go out and we'll desire I don't know say you're 16 years old and you desire your first car or, or whatever it is and you get that car and for a while you're happy with that it's not because of the car it's because you're you're desireless you. the the acquisition of that particular object was strong enough that your desire dropped away for a while. And when you're desireless, you're not in resistance to what is, and you're happy and you're peaceful. When that goes away, instead of recognizing that it was the desirelessness, we assume it was the object. So then we simply focus our attention on the next object. Let's try to get more. Let's try to get this. Let's try to get more. Um, and And it doesn't work.
0: Mhm, mhm. So true. I I do realize in the past I would uh, buy a lot of things off Amazon and then go, why did I buy this? <laughs> like I was right. trying to trying to fill a hole, <laughs> an emptiness, yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we uh, love we
1: love new we love new things, and there's a shiny you know, new there's things. a shiny new things, but and th- there's a reason for that. That's because very often when we obtain something, that desire drops away for, for a little bit and we're, we're left in our globality. We're left in our totality. We're left in our true nature. Um, and that is always peaceful and fulfilled and content. Okay, but great. Well, when, when we don't recognize that, right. <laughs> we just simply go after more objects, more, you know, more, uh, more, more, more. Um, and uh, that's, that's, a, that's a fundamental problem of, Society, and of course, when you're living a, in a consumer, you know, consumer-based economy, mm-hmm. uh, that's the message that everyone's getting from, um, you know, from from dusk to dawn, basically.
0: Right. By this, you'll feel better. By this, you'll be happy. By this, you'll have yeah. better relationships. Yeah, lots of messaging there. Um, let's. Yeah. So one of the other uh, questions that again came out of the book, I thought was really good for us to just, uh, discuss, is about reincarnation and karma. So. You know, a lot of people are, uh, this is not what I resonate with, but a lot of people would be like, well, you know, those bad people, it's karma. Karma's a bitch, excuse the language, but you know, karma's a bitch, you know, and, and all this kind of like, well, wait till they get their justice or it's, you know, that kind of karma. Um, and at one point when I was connecting with, with Source and having a conversation, um, you know, the message was, there is no karma. And I was like, uh, excuse me, what? <laughs> there is no karma. I was like, okay, uh, well, I'm not going to be very popular sharing this message, but oh well, you know. So some people say, well, you know, you got karma, so you got to reincarnate and reincarnate and reincarnate until you fix it. So what what's your perspective on that?
1: Well, you know, I, I think I go through it in 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 the book um, a, a fairly. Couple questions are fairly extensively and. The, the from the absolute point of view, awareness, which is whole and complete and is um, unified, all of the you take the you know seven eight I don't however many billion people there are on the on the planet right now. These are all precipitations or contractions um, in the form of mind of of the one single uh, the one the one awareness. This consciousness. And This consciousness is this is this is what we are this is our 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 true nature and all of these various um, all of these various minds are essentially points of view points of view with uh, points of view with the with the opportunity to experience the inside of the mind of God you can you can say if you if you'd like to put it this way so in this absolute point of view it you know there is uh, there is there are no Bodies that are serially traveling through through space and time. It's the 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 model of reincarnation is is very helpful and it can be very helpful um, as a model. But from from the standpoint of of awareness, which is really what you know we are we're trying to we're trying to recognize ourselves as as that there 's no karma within uh, there 's no thought within uh, uh, w- within awareness, but thought is for for the mind thought thought and all experience are for the, um, the the seemingly separate contracted individual individual mind so from one standpoint when we talk about it from the standpoint of of the absolute it isn't um, it isn 't helpful to talk about. Incarnation, or it doesn't help to talk about re- reincarnation. From the standpoint of the relative mind, it, it can be a, a very helpful model and a model that's been kind of well, well thought out. And, and I would simply say that while karma is ultimately um, – k- karma, just like everything, uh, you know, is, is ultimately not true, not a single concept um, is, uh, is true within the still point. From the relative perspective of of the mind there's a relative reality to it you know that simply action and reaction is something that you will see in the in in the, in the relative you 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 really can't um, it', it it's, it's a very somewhat of a of a big topic and something that would take a long time to to really uh, to really talk about but from from that standpoint relatively um you know we have to understand that there are things that uh that that appear that we can label them and they have a relative reality to that so Mm -hmm. i would agree with you in in the absolute when you when you when you recognize that at that level of course, there is uh, there is no ca- karma, but from the level of uh, from the level of the individual and the individual minds and the belief in individuality, then we see that uh, you know that action and and that reaction uh, you mm. know take place at time.
0: So, cause and effect uh, in our relative reality that exists. That's what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, you know, as I mentioned, as I mentioned, um, as I mentioned in the book, the. It, it 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 is it is impossible to understand the totality of a system and right. you know really explain a, a cause and effect in a, in a satisfactory way but we 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 certainly you know we certainly do it and we certainly try to do it relatively i don't think we're very effective at it frankly <laughs>
0: Yes, we we keep putting that effort in. Um, I do have one last question for you, um, Kevin, and that is around truth. So this word truth has been kicking around now a lot more in the last couple of years. Um, Is there such a thing as absolute truth or absolute divine truth, or is that immutable, or is that, again, part of the relative?
1: Truth is... um the recognition of the still point in relation to thought, as I mentioned, where, you know, beauty is, uh, is in relation to objects of, of art, love, and, and, and recognition, the recognition of self in, in others. Um, And the only ultimate truth, the only thing that can ultimately be verified is our self-aware being, which is the still point uh, itself, because everything resolves into the still point. That is, that is, uh, truth itself, and and you know, a lot of certainly you had mentioned love, but there are you know many 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 people refer to uh, many people refer to the ultimate reality, uh, which can be called many many things, as I mentioned in the book, as truth or love or beauty or awareness or consciousness or God or the Tao. Um, it can all go on and on, and it's all it's all referring to the um, to the exact same. Uh, the exact same recognition of um, of being, of, of aware being. Mm,
0: beautiful. Uh, well, Kevin, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. And uh, if people want to know more about you, uh, where can they go online to find out more?
1: Yeah, um, there, there's a website, authorkevinkrnitsky dot com, and uh, you know certainly they can contact me through there. Uh, any other questions? The book is available you know, uh, online e- everywhere for the most part, You know, either uh, uh, audio book or, of course, um, hardcover right now. And, yeah, that's probably the easiest way.
0: Okay, great. So I'm just going to repeat that for everyone. It's author, spelled, an all-in-one word, author, A-U-T-H-O-R, Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, and Krenitsky, K-R-E-N-I-T-S-K-Y.com, and you can uh, get a hold of Dr. Kevin that way. Um, Dr. Kevin, I'm sure there's probably a bunch of people going, is he still practicing? (laughs) As an MD, probably not, Uh, but uh, I'm sure you're having a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I, I haven't. I really I went into business after my residency and was more on the business end of um, mm-hmm. of medicine for fifteen or twenty years. Uh I keep an active license, but I no, I, I certainly don't practice um I don't practice medicine.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's uh we keep evolving and expanding and um same here. Same here. I retired. Um uh, interestingly, um, you know, got the intuitive hit to uh, get out of my holistic uh, acupuncture practice. I had very few patients at that point. I spent so much time yeah. with each of them. And that was, uh, God told me, May of 2019. And I argued with God. And I said, no, I, I think I should do the full two years. I warned them about, you know, that I'd be closing the office. And that would make it November 2019. And God insisted, <laughs> May 19. And then certain, certain things happened to really, like, basically kick me in the butt to go, <clears throat> May right? I'm like, okay, May it is. So I did May, right? And had no clue, not even the whiff of that the pandemic was going to happen. And it would have just been a mess had I waited. Yeah. So I'm just so (laughs) grateful you have connected uh, and and got the the right information for me. And I'm just, yeah, really, really grateful. So Dr. Kevin, again, uh, fantastic having you on the show. Thank you for your beautiful book. Highly recommend it, everyone. Get a copy of that and read it a number of times. That's what I would recommend. So bless you, Dr. Kevin. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Bye for now.